Welcome to the Urban Wine Club podcast. Pour a glass, sit back, and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome to the Urban Wine Club podcast with your host Fotinari. On this episode, we sit down with Vito Bruno, general manager of Boston Winery, Boston's first and only winery. Vito tells us some history of their operation and shows us some of the action of making wine. So grab a glass and join us while we get to know Vito. So here we are, finally at our first visit to a winery. A real winery, right in Boston, Dorchester to be exact. Yes, we're at the Boston Winery, and here we are with our good friend, Vito Bruno. Yeah, thank, thanks for having me on, guys, and I'm, I'm glad that, uh, that I was at your first winery, Boston Winery. It means a lot. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, uh, this for us is a, is a very special occasion because, I mean, being in the wine business for so long, who would have thought that would be yeah. in Dorchester, sitting by the water... Right, we're and overlooking actually, the water. Can we just get a quick... What's the address here? It's 26 Erickson Street. 26 Erickson yep, Street. Yep, yep. And right by the water. It's a beautiful view. Um, we have uh, the restaurant... Venezia. Venezia, yeah. yeah. Right Venezia. But more before we get into the segment, I mean, we're, we're in this very beautiful historical building, right? We're surrounded by tons of wine barrels, lots of bottles... Uh, lots of boxes. I can smell the grapes, the juice. It's, this There's is surreal. so much character in this place. You guys have to see it. Any of you listeners out there, when you get an opportunity, get down here. But uh, before, again, tell us Vito, which Vito Bruno, the general manager of the Boston Winery, um, tell us about the, the historical building that we're in you know, right from the get-go. Yeah, definitely. So the building itself was actually put up in the 1820s. It was built by a Putnam Nail Factory. So they were around during the Civil War, and they built horseshoes and horseshoe nails. They built this, obviously, post-Civil War as their Boston location. Wow. wow. Yep. It's that old. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We have, uh, it's not It's not exact date, um, original still. print, uh, but we do have some ads in our in our store that show the, the Putnam crazy. Nail ads. Yeah, they're really, really interesting. I love it. I love that history. It's got so much character in here. Um, for those of you obviously who can't see the segment but are listening, uh, it's well worth uh, paying a visit here to kind of see this beautiful building uh, that's been converted into a winery. Yep. Uh, and any of these sounds you hear in the background, uh, remember, this is an active winery. It's, it's, it's working right now. You're going to hear all sorts of cool sounds. And um, yeah. It's so active that we're going to toast right now. Yeah. All right. Have a toast. Salud. Salud. And uh, compliments of Boston Winery having a delicious glass of Montepulciano. Right? Boston's own Montepulciano, right? Don't don't faint. This is real. <laughs> <laughs> it's delicious. But um, Vito, uh, tell us a little bit about the story here at Boston Winery. Yeah, so uh, how it all began. A little bit about the winery. Now, uh, my grandfather Ralph was he was the real one who started this, and he's always been a dreamer and, and being a winery in Boston. Right? I, I know a lot of folks listen. This can't be real, but. <laughs> He grew up in Abruzzi, Italy, and, and for those who aren't familiar with Abruzzi, it's east of Rome on the Adriatic side, and when he grew up, right, I always joke, I do our tours, I'll show people the winery, and I always I talk about this, and I say, my grandfather learning how to make wine was like me learning how to cut the grass. It was his father needed some help, needed some manual labor, you know, didn't want to do it all on his own. For me, cutting the grass, my old man said, hey, I'd rather drink a beer and watch the Patriots, so, <laughs> so a kid get to work, and 
and when you first cut the grass, you think it's the coolest thing in the world. And, and, and winemaking is awesome. There is a lot of labor to it. So he learned via osmosis. Ended up coming over through Ellis Island, lived in the North End. Quintessential Bostonian Italian story, but still making wine at the house. Um, he ends up starting Venezia Restaurant in 1984, and right next door is the winery. So it's funny, when Venezia was put up, was post both this building being put up and our, our, our neighbor, Boston Harbor Distillery, the restaurant's actually built on backfill. So at one point, this building was waterfront, and oh, wow. after Putnam Nail Factory, it was owned by Lolly Shipyard. And they actually would make sailboats that would drive right in and out of the port through Venezia's parking lot and our parking lot. But um, he bought Venezia in 84, bought this building afterwards, was using it as storage while he was renovating Venezia, ends up retiring, goes back home, uh, and now he lives in Westwood. But he bought a house with a World War II bunker. And the guy loves history, I guess. Uh, More importantly, wine. He buys this house with a World War II bunker in it because it's a big cement room right it's everything's temperature controlled oh. he's doing the salamis he's doing the wine this pisses off my grandmother right <laughs> so so she finally goes ralph get the hell out of the house go make this wine somewhere else i can't have you and your drunk friends over all the time right get out of the house so long story short he comes here and, and he starts starts making wine at the winery and, and uh, friends came in and friends of friends came in want to know how they can get involved how they could you know potentially make their own wine or get some wine so he started the winery off as a wine school. So folks would come in, they'd buy the grape, they'd buy the oak barrel. They'd come here and they'd crush and bottle under his supervision. So it was a way of, of people learning how to make wine via osmosis. At the same time, as most home winemakers do, you're not, you're not adding a lot of things to your wine. So people love the, love the idea that, hey, I know what's in this glass of wine, right? I'm watching it being made. I, I'm hands-on part of the process. There's no smoke and mirrors here. This is... This is the real deal. Exactly. Back to your roots kind of wine. Yeah. And I feel like that's that's a really important thing, especially nowadays. Yeah. A lot of people have that kind of like trend of wanting to know all the details of what they're ingesting. And you should know, right? Yeah. You should know what you're being put in your body. Absolutely. And, you know, and, and Vito, you bring up a good point because uh, if you really think about it, uh, wine specifically is one of the few... Uh, categories under FDA regulations that does not require producers to disclose the ingredients, right? No, yeah, and, and this, so, you know, we can get in, into conspiracy theories now, right? <laughs> that's for the, the next segment. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, no, no, the fact that you, you mentioned that, you know, people can actually see what's going into the wine, I think is a, is a huge, huge plus, plus yeah. because... You know, we're a society in a consumer market that, you know, we're, you know, we want to, we're aware, you know, we want to know what's going into our foods, into our beverages, into our bodies. So uh, I'm a big component of that. No, definitely. I mean, you, you need to know what you're consuming. And, and frankly, if you love wine in general, you know, it, it takes a little bit away from the, from the magic. Oh, I love, love Cabernet. Well, well, maybe you don't necessarily, right? Maybe you love the idea of what it is or, or good you point. Know, yeah, you know, that's, that's, good a, point. that's a good point. You know, you guys know this in the U.S., as long as you put 75% one varietal in a bottle, you can call it that. Yeah. So, you know. I, I bet you most people didn't know that. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, 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 now you do. You no, know, right? you do. <laughs> Thanks to Vito and the Urban Wine Club podcast. Now yeah. you know. So uh, it, it's it's tough it's tough to figure out who you are as a wine consumer too if if you don't know 100 percent what you're consuming. Yeah. And um, besides the fact that you make wine here, oh, yeah. right? You do a lot more than just make wine here. 
Oh yeah, we have uh, Michelle uh, Michelle Conroy, who is our event coordinator. She didn't follow suit with the the Vito Bruno or my brother Ralph Bruno or our cousin you know Crugnali, but you know being in Boston, we needed one Conroy. So so uh, Michelle, to, yeah, yeah, Michelle does all of our uh, events. She does everything from weddings to, uh, to to corporate wine tasting parties. So she she's fantastic. You have a beautiful layout here for anything from formal to casual. I mean, this is a great spot. And one of the, the really cool things is uh, that the, the, we talked about this, the making of your own wine, but what an experience that is. We, we, we've seen so many um, uh, videos online, uh, but it really doesn't capture you unless you're actually doing it yourself. So. And that's something that you could do here. And, I'm, and the team here basically you know, walks the, the, the guests step-by-step um, you know, having your own barrel is something I think people would dream of, you know, having that it can actually be possible here at the Boston Winery. Yeah, you're making it sound like we make dreams come true here. Uh, <laughs> yes, absolutely you do. You do, you do. Um, and and you, you know you can. Here, here's the thing, it is it is initiation by fire, right? We, you, you're hands-on with the grape, you're, you're tasting them, you, you're, you're getting dirty, right? Don't don't come here wearing white clothing expect, expecting uh expecting not to you putting a smock on you you're getting hands on into it and we, and we want you to right that's wine that, that's yeah. really what it is it's it's making it it's art but it's also it's family it's tradition right that's what it is right right awesome um you're a very young guy yeah in my opinion do you want to disclose how old you are I, i'm 26 recently yeah wow yeah. okay that makes me feel very old yeah it's, no, it's all right you are old. <laughs> but but uh, no, it's for me. I you know it's it's, it's great. It's great to see young individuals like yourself that actually are taking over a family business. But not all you not are you only taking it over. But your passion speaks for itself. Um, we sat with you for about an hour, uh, drinking lots of wine, getting to know you, and uh, you know you can just sense that I, you know we meet so many individuals in the industry at different levels of experiences and different different positions. And I gotta say, I'm like you know, you know your stuff, yeah. and you understand um, at the same token, like what it takes and what's out there, and you know, also the opportunities that are out there for uh, for consumers, where you know, there's a lot of wine consumption, but we had this conversation, but a lot of people don't know what they're drinking or don't know if what they're drinking is what they're liking. So I think that we touched on, you know, education is a big factor uh, of of what you're doing here, and. Um, uh, putting together events that are, uh, you know, education-based. You know, we've discussed doing some possible collaborations together. Absolutely. But I think that there's a need out there for folks that, okay, they've been drinking wine. They've been trying a lot of wine. They've been spending a lot of money on trying wine because of the label. But at some point, you know, people want to kind of break away from that. Yeah, no, and, and thank you for the kind words. But uh, um, to the education, because I'm super passionate about it, one of my bigger gripes here is when, when and I shouldn't say gripe, but I think people are... are told how they should like their wines or, or told how they should enjoy their wines look i love wine but my big thing is drink it how you enjoy it don't don't be told to like something because of the price tag or because someone says it's great if, if you so don't true. enjoy it you don't enjoy it and, and that's you know to each their own there's so many different people there's so many different wines out there and don't be afraid to try different things right I have folks who come here frequently and they say, oh, I don't drink this, right? I don't drink Chardonnay. Well, we make a Pouli Fouze style Chardonnay. It's an un-oak style Chard. And I might be rude doing it, but I'll have them try it without them knowing it's a Chardonnay. And 
you know, about half the time, they'll say, hey, I like this, what is it? And I'll have a grin on my face and say it's Chardonnay, (laughs) but... I don't don't kick out varietals. You know, there's so much that that comes into factor when when trying wine. You know, where it's made, how it's made, uh, the style it was intended to be made. So, um, with wine, it's it's uh, uh, try them all, right? Right? Don't they're not going to hurt you, yeah. right? Don't be afraid and, and get outside of your comfort zone. It's worst comes to worst, you just say you don't like it. You know, best possible solution, you you fall in love with it. Who who, who knows? So true. Well so said. true. Well yeah. said. I. I I see those examples over and over where, yeah, it's sometimes, you know, just putting a glass, uh, putting wine in a glass for somebody and not letting them know what it is and just letting them enjoy the, the you know, the environment, you know, goes a long way. You guys are going to eat this. <laughs> so here we are. Can, yeah, can, can you uh, introduce... Uh, can you give us a quick introduction? Yes. Well, uh, <laughs> you're live. You're live. <laughs> this is... Ralphie Bruno. Ralphie Bruno. Bruno, that's your brother. So this this is the the winemaker here. P- pardon the interruption, right? So, <laughs> pardon so, the interruption. So we this uh, was scripted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was supposed to come in. We told him we didn't tell you. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so Ralph does all of our winemaking. Thank thank God, right? Because uh, you don't want me in charge of that. But uh, um, he does come out here for pizza every once in a while. Every once in a while, when I'm allowed to eat. We're having this. It's great pizza. Sorry, oh, no, no problem. Thanks for uh, coming in. So, um, where were we? So we got to meet the winemaker. Yeah. 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 yeah he's, he chewed and screwed on the podcast. I don't, I don't know how that makes you feel. Well, he's but got work to do. No, no, yeah. no. Work to do. We love it. We, that, that's why we like doing on location so we could get, like, the real vibe, the real, yeah, like, all about. essence of being in a winery right now, yeah. which is great. So, yeah, we, we were going back to, uh, basically, you know, the experience of pouring out uh, some wine into a glass with someone and just letting them drink it, yeah. not giving them too much about it. It really does change people's perception. Uh, or kind of allows people to kind of take their time because if they have a pre-notion of what they're going to drink before their lips even touch the wine, they already have a, a, uh, a placebo. Yeah, right. But there's a, there's a placebo factor. So yeah. then it's too late. It's hard to kind of get people into that after that point. No, I, I completely agree. It's it's you know we have tasting notes here. You, you take one of our brochures. I always tell people, hey, look, I, I'm I'm I, I don't want to look at them, right? If I go out to taste wines, I don't want to see tasting notes because yeah. I'm my own individual wine drinker, right? Yeah. I want to I want to determine what my notes are because frankly, my taste buds are different than yours. So yeah. uh, people ask me all the time, hey, what do you like? Well, I always respond might not be what you like because right? you know you know folks want to know what i like but yeah. it's sort of a sense of like uh reassurance for people yeah. or you know uh that comfort zone and you know unfortunately some people will not take the chance unless they see someone else go first yeah and i, I also want to put this in perspective right I, I mean five years ago my grandfather came to me and said hey look kid i need somebody at the winery and, and at that point i had a job offer i was just about to take it and it was around the Christmas time, and he wrote, do the right thing to make me happy. And then that was my resignation. Right? I, I was here. What a guilt trip. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, you talk about being 26 but feeling older, right? That that's that's. I have my grandfather's weight on my shoulders, which is great. It's a, it's a fantastic responsibility. But the point I was getting to is I didn't know a lick about wine besides making it at home with him, right? Yeah. So. Before that, I was I was a young, ordinary, right, everyday beer drinking person, drinking Bush Lights, thinking they were craft beers. Five years later, here I am on, on a wine podcast, right, and, and it's fantastic. But uh, take that with a grain of salt. That that you know, whatever you hear from you learn folks, well. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I drink a lot, right? right that's number one. But that that is that really is though. Drinking and, and, and finding out who you are first as a, as a wino is is most important, and then the rest will come. Yeah. Um, I. Uh, 
Vito just made a very important point. Finding out who you are is more important uh, than ratings on a label, than descriptions on a label, or even yes. possibly recommendations from others that you know have distinct, you know, likes to style styles of wines. So yeah, finding who you are is is the first step. But finding who you are, I think, does require you know uh, an adequate amount of you know trial and error. Oh, definitely. You know? Yeah, trial and error, education, talking to people who. Yeah. You know, we talked about it before the podcast started, which was uh, your non-bias education, right? That's you go do a tasting at a liquor store. It's it's usually a sales rep trying to sell you on that wine, and it's a great way to sample different wines. Don't get me wrong; go out there, sample wines, but keep an open mind when you do. We have a, I have a question for you, for our listening audience, because obviously uh, there's always the challenge when when one goes out to dinner. You know, how do you order wine when you're out at a restaurant? Oh, it, it drives my girlfriend crazy. Um, it drives my girlfriend crazy and waiters and waitresses really, oh, okay. really nuts. But um, so there's a rhyme and reason to what you're doing, I'm assuming. Yeah, and, and sometimes there isn't. Depends on how many wines I've had. <laughs> um, I, I look for... So I know the wines that I like, right? And right. I know the areas that I like. And I know, I know, um, you know, the, the minutia where, okay, alcohol content leads to... Uh, residual sugar and sweetness so i'll put in perspective there's a really great restaurant in easton that i love and and they have a really nice zinfandel uh and i will pair it with the meal yeah so it's corfinio right my girlfriend aaron and i are there once a month don't tell don't tell my uh, my my grandfather because he also (laughs) owns venezia but um it's a really great establishment they do a really great job and um they have a, a really nice wine it's um it's a Force of Nature Zinfandel. It's a really nice wine. It's a higher percentage alcohol wine, which is what I like. and uh, Really, really nice. But here, here's the skinny. If I'm going to get a pork shank, that's probably what I'm going to do. Now, if, I, if I'm on the program like I am with it being January and, and, and needing to lose a few LBs, at least telling myself that 2020 is my year, um, you know, if I get a, a salad with, with a piece of salmon, right, I might do something different. So there are pairings there as well. And, and, you know, I've taken some wine pairing classes. I've done food and wine pairing. And that enabled me to get where I am now. Uh, and, and, again, by trial and error as well. Excellent. Great. The title? The restaurant is called Cor- Corfinia. Corfinia. Yeah. Yeah. Italian cuisine? Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. Well, I think we're going to try Corfinia next time we're around. Absolutely. Um, and then as far as, uh, you know, let our listening audience know is information to getting uh, in touch with the winery you do you know you do these different uh, services um, obviously you have a website yep the website yep. is www.bostonwinery.com super simple um, you can check us out right on our website you can call us uh, we're here all the time my email is vito v-i-t-o at bostonwinery.net if you want to reach out to me uh no hate mail, please. I get plenty. I get plenty. Social um, media? Social media is uh, both Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Boston Winery. Awesome. Um, really simple for us. Any, uh, any sort of future plans? Anything that's in the pipeline that you want to talk about? Anything? So they're letting the cat out of the bag a little bit. <laughs> um, we were talking that we, we do, this building being so funky, it has an addition that was put on after the Putnam Nail Factory era that's actually a separate address, so... We are in the process of, of uh, getting our licensure to open up a brewery as well. Oh, that's awesome. That's yep. sweet. Yep. Yep. Well, we have Boston Harbor Distillery right next to us. Uh, it would only make the trifecta a reality, yeah. right? 
being able to come to a beer, wine, and liquor, and, and then hit Venezia restaurant for, uh, yeah, for a fantastic like meal. Over here. For our listening <laughs> audience, know if you didn't catch in the beginning, uh, you know we are next door to our previous um, uh, friend from uh, the Boston Harbor Distillery, Rhonda Kalma, who was one of our previous guests. Yeah, is literally next door. So this yeah. is pretty cool that we have everyone under. Yeah. One umbrella here. This destination is like a place everybody in Boston, Greater Boston. Yes, should, should we definitely, up. definitely, definitely recommend sure, yeah. coming down to the Boston Winery. Can we just uh, get the, the physical address one more time? Yep, twenty six Erickson Street, and that's for the winery. It's the same parking lot as Venezia Restaurant, and you're, you're well within walking distance to the distillery as well. Which so. I'm sure almost everybody knows Venezia Restaurant. Yeah, absolutely. They were rated actually top 100 by Zagat in the country. Oh, wow. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah thank you. Thank you. I mean, I, I'm saying thank you. The, the <laughs> chef over there, chef over there is fantastic. Jenny Caruso, Abruzzese, which hits home, right? My grandfather's Abruzzese as well. Nice. So he's, he's awesome. He does a fantastic job. That's great. And Vito, you're pretty much here every day. Seven oh, yeah. Seven days a week, open oh, to yeah. close. Yeah, so. Yep. Any, uh, any sort of uh, hours that... Uh, be like a recommendation for people to yeah so our tasting hours are actually available right on our website so we do all of our tastings by reservation if you hit the book now tab it'll show you our availabilities um typically between thursdays and sundays thursday fridays noon to five saturdays one to six sundays one to three uh but we are here store hours tuesday um through friday 10 to 5 saturdays one to six we absolutely recommend making a trip down here you have to you have to step into this building to really get the vibe and the feel it has such an atmosphere that, that we highly recommend excellent well Vito thank you so much for your time knowing that you're a busy young man and you got a lot going on uh, we're definitely going to have you back on the podcast uh, with hopefully yeah, Mr. Think, Ralph uh, himself yeah, I think thank our you. audience and our app uh, will be hearing a lot more of uh, Boston Winery and any collaboration relationships that we're forming yeah, no, look look forward to it. You guys have been great, and I appreciate the podcast, right? And hopefully next time we'll, we'll get Ralph out here and, yeah. <laughs> in more of a capacity. But uh, I know he's busy. He's filtering today, so don't mind Maybe it. the next <laughs> one we could do a little a video podcast with Ralph. I think oh, definitely. he'll be more animated. Yeah, that way. yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, All right, excellent. Well, thank, thank you, you so Vito. much. Yeah, thank, thank you, guys. You. Thank you. Cheers.